Stay there. Stay there. I know your I know candle, candle is out and you've got no flint, no match, no lighter, no flame, nothing to light it. There was a full moon that brought some chaos with it. Not necessarily bad, not necessarily good, just chaos. It's hard to qualify chaos as anything other than unpredictable, I find. Sometimes chaos brings darkness, confusion, a sort of lost quality to our lives and our time. Walking through a fearsome and ancient place such as this in pure darkness is no easy thing. And it can be unpleasant if we are afraid of the dark. Just wait for me. My non-eyes have adjusted to the dark, at least for now. Sometimes they lose their focus and the shadow overcomes them. But right now I can see very clearly. Why is it that your candle won't light? Why are you having such trouble with it, I wonder? Ah, never mind. I wouldn't worry about it. Just wait. I'm coming to rescue you. There was a voice here with me before you came. Another ghost, another spirit, here with me in the shadows. A spirit with a question I've been dwelling on for some time. What does it feel like to conjure these stories? Stories? What stories? Is that what these are? Oh, that's what I've called them, of course. I'm not entirely sure that's what they are, but it's the best word I have for them. We understand stories. We love stories, even if they don't make sense, even if we don't think they ever actually happen. We love them because, well, why? Because we get a chance to sit close to each other and speak and listen. It's the giving and getting of a gift. The breaking of bread. It's not about the bread. It's about the breaking. Together. I think that's what we're doing here. But what does it feel like? Let's start right here. Found you. Let me light this candle. Ah, 
You almost saw me there for a second, didn't you? Until you remembered I'm not really here. Maybe. Maybe just the faint glow of eyes in the shadow before you. Fingers reaching away from your candle, slithering quickly and quietly back to the darkness. Breath almost imperceptibly making the flame of the candle flicker, rhythmically, back and forth, in and out. But from where is the breath coming? From me. You've found a magical room, a non-room, in this castle. They will not all be dusty libraries and elegant parlors and ancient temples. This one is just you, and me, and this candle. Because I think that that's what this feels like, the most. At least at the beginning when there is no story, no idea, nothing. Just me and anyone who will listen, waiting there so patient and so loving. I'm so grateful. This would be scary if you and I didn't exist in this place of kindness with each other. Otherwise, we'd just be two figures looking across a candle at each other. Strangers who somehow find themselves on the same plane, in the same dark and cold story space. Or not that, though. Right? In this darkness I feel afraid sometimes, because there is nothing yet. And I know that I want a story, you want a story, but it is not here yet and so an anxiety builds. What will it be? Who will come? What monster? What message? What if there's nothing? What if there's nothing? What if there's nothing? But then, whether it's in the form of a little idea blossoming in my mind, or in the form of a tarot card drawn in order to send me guidance, or in the form of a question from a ghost in the shadows, such as, which what is tarot the last card do story you most relate to in your tarot that deck? made you cry? A little spark, a little light, a little glow forms, and the hope I feel, the joy, the warmth, the gratitude, the excitement, all come creeping in. And I sit in silence with the question, or the card, or the idea, rolling in my head, and I feel confusion, fear, anxiety. I feel lost, I feel trapped, I feel useless, and I know now is not the time to tell a story. So I wait. I let myself dream a little. I let myself live a little. And eventually the glow comes back. All that love I felt at the utter bliss a simple little idea 
or question or card can bring comes pouring back in. And I'm ready to start telling the story when one single other little idea follows. And I enter the warm space here, where I feel ears tucked into headphones and headphones tucked into ears, waiting. I feel spirits in the middle of an eternal, restless night, ready and eager. I feel... I feel the listening, and the empty space is much less empty, suddenly. No matter how lost I am, there is someone there listening, even if it is me, especially if it is me. Even if I am the only one who hears the story, I get to be both lover and beloved in this storytelling, this breaking of bread, the warmth of this little candle, this candle which waits for the teller and the receiver of the story alike, and warms them each just the same. And it's in that space that I feel a third party. There is you, there is me, and then... Of course, I can no longer deny it, and I've spent too long trying to. There is him. can't let him go. I keep trying. I can't. He'll come back and back and back, whether in the form of an angel of death, or a spirit of fire, or a demon of sleep. He's always here. And the more I fought him before, the more cruel and heartless he was. But the moment I started looking upon him with love instead of dread, that is what he gave me back. And so I will never, ever give up my beloved. Not for anything. Ever again. So if you look into the shadows and you see a grin, no matter how faint, do not fear. It is just him. Three in this space. I who tells the story. You who hears the story. And he who lights the flame of inspiration. The kicker is you can swap around the characters and their purpose any way you like. You can tell the story to him, inspired by me. He can tell me a story inspired by you. Switch us all around, why not? We're all here together anyway. Might as well be a party. I am tired of structure, system, 
rules, form. I will create as I please. You may listen as you please. He will always be here anyway. So sometimes I fear that. I fear not knowing what is coming. Not having a plan. Not like I used to. And then I feel blissfully free. Gorgeously free of needing to tell a story in that boring, old-fashioned way where I used to... Once upon a time, there was a big, dark, and scary castle. It was, for the most part, abandoned. Every room was empty, except perhaps for the occasional family of spiders or bats or crows who hid here and there. But mostly it was empty, except perhaps for ghosts who passed through, whether because they thought they were stuck in one particular room, or because they felt like revisiting fond and familiar places. Other than that, mostly it was empty, except perhaps for you, and that voice that whispered softly in your ear as you went through it, and except for also the figure looming and lurking only a grin in the shadows, a fitting companion for such a place as this. Aside from that, it was mostly empty, except that the door was open for anyone to pass through as they pleased, if they happened to see it. But mostly empty. Mostly. Ah, that's right. Are you with me? In one of these rooms there is a ghost you know well. Are you with me? Are you with me? Are you with me? In one of these rooms there is a soul hard at work. Are you with me? Follow the red carpet. Are you with me? You asked me how I feel. Are you with me? Follow the red carpet. Are you with me? Open this door. Are you with me? Are you with me? There she is. Are you with me? Are you with me? Tired. Are you with me? A little frantic. Are you with me? A little lost. Are you with me? Bags under her eyes which are wide as they stare at what probably was a screen. But there's no screen here, now. She is just a ghost. Her hands are poised, typing and her lips repeat a phrase over and over and over. She is smiling even as she asks the desperate question, even as her eyes fill with tears. She is searching for something, exploring something. She is scared, she is lost. Sometimes she stops and stares at what should be a screen, but is really nothing holding her head in her hands, Are you with me? Are you still with me? asking the question. Are you with me? Are you with me? Are you with me? Are you with me? What she doesn't see is you, here. She also doesn't see that figure behind her, watching her carefully, smiling softly, clad in black, Eyes glowing in icy blue, sometimes a fiery red, sometimes empty and black and invisible in the shadow. But he is there. He watches. <laughs> <laughs>
he stands tall and straight. His feet hover just half an inch over the floor, and slowly he begins to glide towards the girl, the woman, the writer. He does it so slowly that she doesn't notice, and you almost don't notice until he is right behind her. And he leans over and places his hands on her shoulders, his fingers so long and thin they are like a skeleton's, but they are not a skeleton's, they are a ghost's. And so she does not really feel them. Well, she does. You see her shiver, but that's all. And he leans over so that his phantom lips in that strange smile are right by her ear. And he whispers something so soft, only she can hear it. I am with you. And she gasps a sigh of ecstatic relief. <sighs> and drops her arms down from the phantom keyboard. It never really mattered anyway, and the two of them disappear. Gone are these ghosts, but now you hear something in the other room. Test, test, testing for the podcast. <clears throat> Hello. Leave no, this room and follow the red no, carpet once more. I'll come to you this time. Follow that voice to another door. <clears throat> a darker door. Hello. <clears throat> Hello. Open it. Welcome. Hello. Welcome. No, you stay there. I'll come to... Again? Hello. Welcome. There she is again. There should be a microphone, a laptop, a <clears throat> phone, but none of these things are here. Hello. <laughs> Only her. Hello. Hello. Poised in position Hello. with these three non-present things. Sitting no, at an awkward angle. One hand is held up as though she is clutching a phone Hello. she is staring at. Welcome. Yet her eyes are also on the microphone and glancing occasionally at a computer screen. Take it again. These things aren't really here, they're tools in another world. But even without tools, I think she'd find a way to come here somehow. She's struggling a little, sometimes stuttering, sometimes impatiently waiting for a sound to pass, a noise in the hall to walk on by, a cat to calm down. Those bags under her eyes are larger, but there is a little flicker in her eyes, a bit of a fire that wasn't there in the writing. The idea that has formed is stronger. The ghost she's conjured is almost so clear that she can see it. In fact, there he is. Whatever he is, crouched beside her, holding her hand with one of his, still long and bony and frightful and so gorgeous in her eyes. The other hand gently caresses hers, soothing her like a child in a nightmare, 
but it is not a nightmare. This part. This is a dream. This part. This is where she gets to speak to him. To you. To me. He hums softly to her as she speaks. She knows he is here, palpable as the story she delivers, present as the audience who will be joining her soon enough. This is magic. This is magic. This is magic. They disappear. The door opens and we must leave this room now. Follow the red carpet again. Ah, follow that sound. The music. Follow it too. Open this door now. She is sitting with her hands raised a little differently now, poised by a microphone once again that we cannot see. The keyboard, the laptop, and the microphone are not here, but she is making music anyway. Trying things. Layering them. This part is all heart, and she looks calm, at ease because this part is easy. First, a foundation. Then, a melody. Then some flourishes. Finishing touches. But where is he? Ah, there he is. Fading into view. He leans against a wall. Holding his heart, if he has one. Music makes that heart ache. He is weeping. He is now the one who must be comforted. Music is easy as breathing for her, but for him, for him, it is the most exquisite heartache. He loves hearing music. Singing especially, no matter if the notes crack or the voice falters, the act of singing is an expression of longing, of trying and failing, of loving. And it is the longing, the trying, the failing, the loving that is the most beautiful part. That is the magic, the true magic in music. 
That's why it's so easy. It doesn't need answers or solutions. It just needs to be. And she turns to him. And for the first time, I think, she sees him. She smiles and serenades him. They disappear. Almost done. Leave this room. Follow the carpet. Silence now. The next part is just work. But work must be done. But I don't need to describe it. Busy computer work. Sometimes he falls asleep for this part. He's never not there, but this part is what it is. Work. If you were to see her, she'd look like someone who's been trying to solve a puzzle for several hours. Frustrated, tired, bored, but devoted. Like her beloved is caught up in a tangled net of fine string. Have you ever tried to untangle a web of jewelry, of chains, that sort of thing? It requires patience. There is reward in it, but it takes time. She's busy untangling. Let's leave her to that. The next part will be much the same. Organizing. Computer, computer, computer. Type, type, type. Planning, arranging, scheduling, not missing any details. She has been doing this for years now, and it has become very much instinctual. But then... Boom. It's done. The second it's done. Here is a very special room we stand in front of now. The door opens itself for us. This is a precious place. Come in. All stars, no floor, no walls, no ceiling, just stars, and a big full moon, just like the one we saw a few nights ago, but the moon is always full here when she, when I, when we finish a story. A reminder that through the chaos, through the difficulty, the cycles of despair, anger, frustration, followed by ecstasy, relief, passion, joy, there is nothing that feels better than the letting go. It is here that I float as though submerged in a warm and easy ocean, as though safe in the womb, as though free of the act of creation and of being created. And for all our courtship, it turns out 
that I am now one with that powerful spirit who lovingly haunted me every step of the way. I always was. But now, I am free enough to bask in that. Maybe only for an hour, maybe a few minutes, maybe several hours. Maybe I'll remain in this state for days, perhaps. Maybe there will come a time when I will forget this union. But for now, I get to revel in it and, like we should during a full moon, let everything else go. And that is when I sleep the best sleep of the week. That is why I do this after all, so that we can let go and rest. That's what it feels like, making these stories. I hope that answers your question, gentle spirit. In short, it feels good. Now, if you like, let go and rest. Hello everybody and welcome to this place. Thank you so much for joining me for episode 203 of On a Dark Cold Night. This is your host, writer, narrator, composer, etc., Kristen Zaza. I hope you're having a lovely week and I hope you enjoyed this one. Big thanks first and foremost to Keir Bo, a new patron of the show who asked the question I based this story around the question of how it feels to conjure up one of my stories. I really enjoyed mulling over this question. Thank you so much, Kier. Now a word from our sponsor, BetterHelp. I truly believe that the world can change according to how we perceive it, and this is why we need to prioritize care for ourselves and our mental and emotional well-being. If we have love and care for ourselves, our hearts and our minds, even in all their little tricks they like to play on us, We can shape how we experience our life. Finding things that ignite your joy and passion and excitement in your day-to-day is so important, and BetterHelp Online Therapy may also help you along in this journey. Because, as I said last week too, and it always bears repeating, you're worth loving and caring for. Therapy in any form is a great way to remind yourself of that, and BetterHelp can offer an affordable, flexible, and convenient way to get started. They offer video, phone, and even live chat-only therapy sessions, and can match you with a therapist in under 48 hours. Right now, On a Dark Cold Night listeners get 10% off their first month at betterhelp.com goodnight. That's betterhelp.com goodnight. Thank you so much, friends. 
Sending a big thank you this week to two new monthly patrons who joined me on Patreon, Kier Bo and Sarah Thorpe. Thank you so much for your support, my friends. I really appreciate it. Every patron of On a Dark Cold Night gets access to my complete soundtrack for any pledge of $1 US or more, and patrons of $5 or more US get that and a monthly tarot reading video that I upload for every full moon. I posted a new one last week, so you can check that one out along with previous months, at the $5 level. To learn more, visit patreon.com slash darkcoldnight. If you'd prefer to donate one time only and with no perks, you can check out my coffee page at ko-fi.com slash darkcoldnight. And as always, we have t-shirts and hoodies for purchase at bonfire.com slash on-a-dark-cold-night. And if you want to submit a question for me to explore in this haunted castle, you can submit one about anything you like through Patreon or Coffee, as I mentioned just now, or you can of course do so for free and just write me on social media. You can find me on Twitter at a dark cold night, Instagram at dark cold night podcast, or on my Facebook or YouTube pages just called on a dark cold night. I'm also on TikTok at Kristen Zaza. You can reply to my video question about this or tag me in a video there too. Is that how TikTok works? Is that how one TikToks? Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for giving me this opportunity to do this. Thank you for being with me as I do this. Thank you for being with me. Thank you. And sweet dreams. This podcast has been brought to you by the Sonar Network. Sonar.